Hey, if you're a Christian and you're tuning into this podcast, I can guarantee you that you probably know one or two people who used to be a Christian and now have left that behind, have given up on their faith and no longer believe in Jesus. On today's episode, I'm going to give you the three hurdles that prevent them from coming back to the faith. So, hey, I'm William Dyer. This is Dyer Conversations. Thanks for joining us in on this podcast. And make sure that you like the channel, subscribe to it, and stick to the end because I'm going to try to provide you with an abundant amount of resources, and that'll be in the description below of this video. So let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. Okay, so I put a post up on social media, and I asked my friends, I said, hey, look, you know, what are some topics that you're going to want to listen to uh, if you're going to tune into this podcast? And somebody had a great question, and they said, how do you bring somebody back to Christianity who used to be a Christian but has walked away. And I thought about this, and I said, you know, in all of my years of being a Christian, I've been a Christian for 17 years now, and all of my studies and all the ministry I've done um, to people, I've seen a lot of people come to faith, and I've seen a good amount of people, unfortunately, leave the church and leave their faith behind. Those people generally have um, three different hurdles that prevent them from coming back to Christ. And it's important that you distinguish which hurdle is specific to that person so you can tackle the right problem. And this is what we often fall into, unfortunately, as Christians, is, you know, we are talking at people and rather listening to them and trying to figure out what is the issue that they're having. So hurdle number one is the easiest hurdle, honestly, to overcome, and it might surprise you, but that hurdle is intellectual disbelief. Now, what I mean by that is people will point to something and say, the reason why I'm not a Christian anymore is because of this topic or this supposed evidence. So you have to figure out, if they fall into this group of people, I always ask them, what exactly is it that prevents you intellectually from believing that the Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus is the Son of God, and that He is who He said He is. So it's important because if you, let's say, try to just go through a whole list of things, well, you know, you should you should come back to being a Christian because, you know, you start going into why the Bible's true. You start going into the you know historical evidence of the resurrection of Jesus, and you start talking to them about all this evidence. But really, their issue is maybe they say, "Well, you know, I think science points to evolution, and I can't believe in God if evolution is true." Now, first of all, evolution by itself doesn't dispel the concept that. God could actually be real. There is a whole host of Christians who believe in God and think that he used evolution. Now, I don't personally believe in that, and I think the evidence is against that. That's for another day. The point is, if they think that that topic prevents them from being a Christian, you don't need to talk about the reliability of the Bible. You don't need to talk about um, you know, Jesus rising from the dead. You don't need to talk about the historical nature of Christianity. You need to talk about that specific point. Maybe their issue is that they think the Bible has been, you know, changed down through the ages and it's not reliable. Okay, well, if that's the point, then don't start talking about the fossil record and don't start talking about, you know, the multiverse or any of these other things. 
tackle that subject, figure out what the problem is for them intellectually, and then go towards that topic. So it's simple. You just ask them the question, hey, what is it? What is the evidence that is preventing you from being a Christian? What is it that you think disproves the Bible or disproves Jesus as the Christ or makes you think that he didn't rise from the dead? Ask them. Let them tell you. So that way you don't have to do all this work and trying to figure it out. Now, one thing to keep in mind as you talk to people is this. Most people who were Christians but now left that behind are going to tell you the reason why they've done that is for intellectual reasons. But I can tell you by experience that most of them, this is not true. It's a smokescreen. They say it's an intellectual reason, and they will give you something like, well, the Bible's been changed, or, well, you know, I just can't believe in miracles. Miracles aren't possible. Whatever. They'll tell you that. But really, the true issue is one of the next two hurdles. So let's look at them. There's a second hurdle, and that second hurdle is emotional doubt. Now, emotional doubt is trickier than intellectual doubt. It's really not that difficult to talk to somebody about the evidence because from all of my studies, the evidence strongly points to Christianity. That's why I am a Christian. That's why the tagline of this channel, my podcast of Dire Conversations, is examining the evidence. That's not to criticize anybody who's not a Christian who thinks that they are objective and humble. Maybe they just haven't been presented the evidence that I've been able to study. So this second hurdle, the emotional doubt, it's a little bit trickier because it's not just objectively presenting facts to somebody. This is one where somebody has gone through some sort of trauma. And what I mean by that is maybe they grew up in a legalistic church and, you know, they, like most of us, would say, that's not what I want to be a part of. I don't want to follow that. I don't want to be like that. And that's right. I don't want to be like that neither. But they think that that's what Christianity is. So they reject Christianity as a whole because of what version of Christianity they were exposed to. Maybe they grew up in a church that had the right doctrines, but they, you know, maybe had some church leaders who were wicked, you know, and evil, wolves in sheep's clothing, and they saw through all that and said, man, if this is what church is about, you know, I saw the wickedness they did in the church, and they were supposed to be the leaders, the representatives of, of what we are going to aspire to, then I don't want to be a part of that. Or maybe some actual specific trauma happened to them. They lost a loved one in a you know traumatic event. Um, maybe something happened to them by somebody who called themselves a Christian specifically, and they're scarred from that. And because of this, they are angry at God. They're mad at God. They're confused as to how He can be good and loving, but allow this pain and evil to have happened in their lives. Now, the way that you deal with this is you have to be very um, cautious. You can't come at it hard. You can't, you know, well, here's the facts, and you just have to believe it. No, listen, these people have been scarred. Their trust has been broken. So you have to kind of be like an emotional punching bag for them. 
You have to absorb that pain and the anguish or the hate that they might have in their hearts towards Christianity or even towards God. You have to absorb that, and you can't lash back. You can't attack back with facts. You have to take that. You have to be empathetic to what they've gone through. And through this, you have to be patient because it's not a something that's just one conversation you're going to be able to convince them. I mean, this is somebody who has trauma in their life. This is somebody who has emotional scars, you know, pain. Their trust is broken. And that's not going to be regained in one hour-long conversation. So this is something that you have to be willing to invest your life and your love into them. And you take that pain from them. You allow them to lash out at you for all the pain that they feel. And you don't tell them they're wrong. You don't tell them that, you know, that's not a good reason to not believe in Jesus. You empathize with them. And what you have to do, here's the key, what you have to do is you have to show them through all of this, you have to show them the love of Christ because they have to be healed from that scar, from that traumatic event. They have to rebuild their trust in God as a loving God and somebody who they are willing to trust because that's what Christianity is all about. You trust in God to be the leader of your life. You trust in Jesus as a sacrifice for your sins. You have to help them regain that trust, and you're not going to be able to do that unless you can let them see the love of Christ flowing from you to them. Okay, now the third reason. On the first reason, I said that people will present to you that they have an intellectual doubt, but really it's a smokescreen for something else. This third reason is the something else, and that is they have a volitional problem. So you have an intellectual problem, an emotional problem, and now you have a volitional problem. And that is, it's a matter of their heart. It's a matter of the will. They have made a decision in their heart to say, I don't want to believe in Christ. I'll tell you a story. I used to work at Best Buy when I was in college for a time, and there was a guy there. I'm not going to say his name, but he was a homosexual open about it. Okay, that's fine. Got along with him just fine at work. So, so good that I was like, hey man, let's go out to breakfast one day. So right down the road, there's a Waffle House. And if you know me, you know, I love Waffle House. I don't care how greasy it is. I still love it. So we go to Waffle House one morning um, after work. And as we're sitting there, you know, stuff comes up and we start talking about Christianity. And he made this statement to me. He said, Billy, Let me explain something to you clearly. If Jesus showed himself right now, beyond any doubt, that this is Jesus, he's risen from the dead, and that he is God, showed up at this table right here, I'm not going to stop living my life the way I want to live it. So I looked at him and I said, okay. I said, fair enough. I will never talk to you about Jesus again unless you bring it up. And then we just started moving on to something else. I mean, it wasn't any angry part of the conversation. I wasn't mad at him. He wasn't mad at me. He just expressed to me that his decision to not follow Christianity was a volitional decision. I don't want to follow it. I want to follow my own way. Now, honestly, there's not really much you can do for this. 
because there's no intellectual argument you can present to them. He even said, if all the evidence in the world is right here, Jesus risen from the dead, showing me that this is him, okay, I'm still going to follow after my way. Because usually the issue with these people is they don't want the moral authority over them. They want to be able to continue in whatever lifestyle that they're living in. It's not just about the fact that he was, you know, a homosexual. It could be that somebody wants to be an alcoholic. Somebody just doesn't want any authority over them. They're not, you know, there's not some major sin in their life. Maybe they just say, I want to be king of my own life. I don't want any other moral authority to tell me what I can and can't do or bow the knee to somebody else. This is a matter of the heart. Their will is hardened. Really, the only answer I have for you on this one is you just have to pray. You got to pray that God will soften their heart. There's no other good answer because these people are clearly not objective. They're not willing to look at the evidence for Christianity and say, if the evidence points to Christianity, then I would follow it. Now, with these three hurdles in mind, here's how I generally approach people. This is a fantastic question to ask because you have to figure out which hurdle is theirs so you help them to overcome whatever hurdle is theirs. You don't want to talk to them about intellectual issues if their issue is an emotional one. You don't want to try to talk to them about the emotional trauma in their life if they don't have emotional trauma, but really their decision is just a matter of they don't want to follow Jesus. Here's the question that I ask people. If Christianity were true, would you follow it? Because that'll tell you right there whether their decision to not follow Christianity is a matter of the heart, a matter of some trauma, or a matter of just they don't have the evidence yet. So those are the three major hurdles that people are going to have to overcome if they're going to come back to being a Christian, or for that matter, to become a Christian in the first place. Hey guys, thanks for joining me in on this podcast where we discuss the three hurdles that people have in order to come back to faith if they used to be a Christian but left it behind. If you've enjoyed this video, make sure that you uh, like it. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now I'm going to put up some more videos uh, right here on the screen that you can check out. If you've enjoyed this uh, podcast, maybe you'll enjoy those as well. Thanks for joining us here and I'll see you next time.